This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. It is true we have some huge Blackhawks news, potentially franchise-changing news, and I will get to that in just a little bit. But the Hawks are, are on the back burner until further notice. Wake me up when they're a, when they're a seven seed in the Western Conference playoffs. Now, there is some excitement over the potential to add Connor Bedard. But I start you with what is my passion, as you know, and that is the National Football League. And it's my pleasure to have the company today of Washington Commanders, soon-to-be fourth-year head coach. Well, I guess not soon-to-be. He's coaching already. The minicamp for rookies is happening this weekend. Ron Rivera is joining me today. Just uh, just another week in the office, right, Ron? You're getting ready for yeah. your rookies to come in, and you're all set at the quarterback position, and the owner and everybody in the league is all calm with each other. Just everything just real smooth sailing as the head coach, isn't it? It is. It is. For the most part, you know, we, we can control what we can control here at the park. And that's the biggest thing that we're, we're, we've been trying to do. You know, uh, we went through free agency, we went through the draft. Uh, and obviously, uh, we feel very good about those those two facets of what we've done uh, in terms of our preparation for the upcoming season. And then starting on Thursday, we'll have our rookies flying in, get their physicals and then get them ready for uh, for uh, for Friday practice. And uh, we'll go from there. One of my favorite annual exercises in mental masturbation is when I read people grading drafts because you you, you, grade, you grade guys three years into the league, maybe. I think maybe we can put some grades on Chase Young today if we wanted to. He's been in the league three years, but I, I saw your draft very poorly received by a lot of people. And I get a kick out of that. I, what, what it strikes me when you draft a corner like Emmanuel Forbes at 16 and a safety in the second round and Jarvis Martin, and then offensive linemen start flying to the commanders. You kind of have to just block out the noise and worry about making your roster better and not care about sexy positions. Is that how you and Martin looked at this thing? Yes. I mean, for the most part, looking at things that we felt we needed to do, we did. And that was, was important. We wanted a guy that was coming out of college and, and, and played the cornerback position and played, uh, in our opinion, equally as well in zone and man. Uh, he's a guy that was, was rated very high. He's a guy that led the NCAAs in, in, in interceptions and uh, in the last three years. I mean, this young man has, 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 has had a, a terrific career at cornerback in the SEC for three straight years. Emmanuel Forbes, and he's a guy that we just felt, you know, we wanted to go out and get. And then we turn around and grab Jartavius uh, Martin, a guy that can play the nickel and what we call, quote unquote, the Buffalo nickel position as well, as well as safety. So, 
you know, we, we grabbed a couple of guys we thought would help us right off the bat. And then we turned our attention to, 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 to the uh, offensive line. And we grabbed a center that we really liked in uh, Ricky Stromberg. He's a young man we brought in and, and we had an opportunity to sit down and, you know, kind of pick through his brain in terms of what he knew about football. And, uh, and, and again, here's a guy that from the time he stepped onto the field, uh, was a starting center on an SEC, an SEC team there you go. for the entire length of his career. And so, I mean, you know, we feel good about what we did, and I think that's the most important thing that, that, that we all need to take from this. We're while we're waiting for Chase Young to explode. Second overall pick. He's played in only 27 games in three seasons with nine sacks. Montez Sweat is a good pass rusher, but – what makes you feel good, Ron, that you're going to have a game wrecking edge rusher this year? Well, just because of the way that, you know, their off season has been going, you know, they came in for the first week of the OTAs, got an opportunity to see them both. They both look really good. They're training hard right now. And so we like what we've gotten from them so far. Um, we think that they're both on the verge. If you look at kind of the analytics in terms of, you know, approaching the way uh, Montez, the way we handled Duran. You know, we knew that Duran had an opportunity, and sure enough, he did it. He, he went out and exploded and did the things that he was capable of. It happened in his fourth season. You know, we think with Montez, he's on the verge, and he's ready to take that next step going into his fourth season. So we feel very comfortable, very confident in that as well. It seems, looking at, at, at your situation from a distance, that it, it feels like you've been there longer than just almost four years now. Does it does it does it feel that way to you with everything going on with ownership and quarterback to quarterback along the way the team the team changing names I mean just it's one fire after another it seems yeah you know there's been a lot of off off the field stuff that you know we've had to deal with we've had to handle and you know it, it's one of those things that I guess because we are professional football you know because we are you know of interest throughout the entire nation and I'm not just talking about us but I talk about the league itself that every time something happened, didn't matter what the scale was, um, it got people's attention and, and I had to deal with it and focus in on it, which is fine. I mean, I get it. That's what I do. Um, but it does feel like it's more than going into our fourth season. Sam Howell has one NFL start under his belt. He comes into the season, tops on the depth chart as your trigger man. Jacoby Brissett, who's been a very nice career backup everywhere he's been, also is there. How do you have confidence in your offense with a guy who's untested in 22, 23 years old, a fifth-round pick just last year? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons to like him because it's one of those things, if you go back to, 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 to the 2021 draft and, you know, in terms of our preparation, getting ready for it and thinking that Sam Howell was coming out, uh, we had some very high grades on him. And we weren't the only ones that had high grades on them. There were, there were several groups that they did. Um, I know a couple of the people that do those gradings had already given him a grade, and his grades were anywhere from the first round to the second round. Um, and so he opts to stay in, comes back. But he actually went back to a team that didn't have the, the firepower it had had the year before. He lost several players off of that, off of that starting unit. And because of it, his play suffered initially until they adapted – uh, what they did. And then he turned out to have a very good year. There are a lot of good analytics that point, point to the fact that Sam should have been taken earlier. He wasn't. And so he is a fifth rounder. And that's where we got him. We feel very fortunate to have him. Uh, we thought what he did in the, uh, in, in the, in the Dallas game gives us pause for, 
you know what? Let's we got. Hey, this young man deserves an opportunity, deserves a chance. He had a pretty good camp. He had a, he had a really good year in terms of development and growth. And then when he got his opportunity against the Dallas team that was going to the playoffs, that played all their players, all their starters, um, he played very well. So we're very pleased, and we think this young man that has an opportunity to come out and uh, you know can lead us, and, and we feel confident, comfortable in it. Um, yeah, we did put a lot of eggs in one basket. But to be quite honest, we also didn't think that these guys that were coming out, probably with the exception of one or maybe two of those young quarterbacks, um, he was pretty good in terms of comparisons. The story recently breaks that maybe the commanders were knocking on the door of Andrew Luck during last season when you were unsteady at the position and both out of Indianapolis and out of your camp, denials in every direction, including from Luck's people. Um, that's got to get under your skin. You know, when you know that this is something that you're innocent of, I, I mean, I, I don't know. No surprise it comes from Indianapolis, though. I mean, well, ownership you know, is interesting in this league. Yeah, you know, Dan, I'm not going to get it. It's just because, like you said, you know, that, that Lux camp responded. And to me, that's good enough. So, you know, we've opted to move on because I, I can't control what's going to happen out there. The biggest thing that I can control is what we're doing here at the park. And like I said, we're just going to go ahead and move forward. Is there anybody who's not under contract still with a current NFL team who recently retired who might be desirable for you? Should it not work with Alan Brissett? Any recent retirees? Well, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I'll tell you, I feel very comfortable, very confident. I'll tell you, a lot of things that we're doing right now offensively, I think, plays to Sam's strength, plays to Jacoby's strength. Um, I think what you know Eric Bionami has brought to the table for us has been very good. It really has. You have the Bears on the schedule again this year. Um, whenever it falls, uh, whatever whoever's healthy, it's got to be better than the Thursday nighter we were treated to this past fall. Oh my God, was that an awful football game? I burned the DVR that that had it. You guys burned tapes. I burned the DVR after that thing. Wow, was that I'll, ugly? I'll tell you what, though. I mean, you got to look at some of the individual efforts on that game, and there were some pretty spectacular ones. I thought Justin Fields doing some of the things that he did really showed me and flashed to me what he's capable of. I think that's a young man that's got an opportunity and does have a chance to step into into the role that he is and continue to, to, to develop and grow. I think Chicago's a good young football team right now. Bears. Yep, the Bears. He's Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington Commanders. Hockey next. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. I was driving home from the lake on Monday afternoon when I got a text from my boy, Oak Park Vandy. I do my terrestrial radio show with in Northwest Indiana on Fridays, and he informs me the Blackhawks have won the draft lottery. That's the price of you pay, I guess. You know, it's it's a reward, just like the Bears were rewarded for being 3-14. and 14. The Hawks get in the draft lottery, and they get the number one pick in the draft, and there is excitement all over social media among those who still care about the Hawks and those who cared 
past tense about the Hawks. Maybe the younger fans who were spoiled by three cups and that's pretty much all they remember, or even old farts like me who don't have time for a bad hockey team anymore. And you think, okay, you get the number one pick in the draft and you you get this phenom, Connor Bedard, in the organization and he provides flash and scoring punch and I'm still of the mindset. It's great. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But wake me up when they grab that eight seed and there's a postseason series to look forward to. This is huge uh, for the Blackhawks. They needed this so badly. This is a 17-year-old boy. Connor Bedard will not turn 18 until mid-July. He was born in North Vancouver, British Columbia, and is believed to be one of the greatest players in the history of his levels of hockey along the way, perhaps the greatest player. He is labeled as a can't-miss prospect at the NHL level, and that is a can't-miss superstar already. He's a prospect already, but he's a centerman. And the Hawks need more playmakers up and down the ice. All of the bricks have been stripped up from the foundation of those cups in 10, 13, and 15. 5, 10, 180 pounds of centerman. Can't find a centerman. Little Pearl Jam for you. Very similar in stature to the number three pick the Hawks used in 1980 when they chose Dennis Savard, 5'10", 180 pounds, centerman. He's chosen third that year, and uh, he was he was pretty good. He scored almost 500 career goals and is a Hall of Famer, and his jersey number 18 hangs from the rafters at the United Center. If Connor Bedard does not exceed that, all of the, all of the hoopla was not worth its while. Uh, or is that overstating it? Patrick Kane did not get to that level. Jonathan Taves, nowhere near it. And they are regarded as perhaps Mount Rushmore. They are Mount Rushmore guys, certainly in the conversation for that in team history. Does Is that what Bedard needs to exceed? Does he have to get past those numbers because of this hype? Kane and Taves both were hyped. They finished one and three in rookie of the year balloting their first year, and they were a little bit older than Bedard will be. I'm assuming he's going to make the parent club this year and begin the season with the Blackhawks. How can you not put him out there? What do you have to lose unless he is just physically not able to perform at that level, rehabbing an injury or something? You don't want to rush the process, but In 2020, Connor Bedard began his career at the major junior level of Canadian Hockey League, and he was a star player for the Regina Rats. And even though when you look at the word Regina, it's easy to want to say Regina. It's it's spelled, in case you don't know, R-E-G-I-N-A. And if that town sounds familiar to you, Blackhawks fans, it should. That was the hometown of former Blackhawks head coach and the captain of their president's trophy winning team in 91. Dirk Graham is a native of Regina. I have not spent any time in Saskatchewan. That's where Regina is. It's in Western Canada. That's why he played for the Regina Rats of the Western Hockey League. 
the Western Hockey League player's most elite player in the history of the league. A guy with back-to-back 20 consecutive game uh, scoring streaks, uh, back-to-back seasons of 20 consecutive games with a point. Are you ready for these numbers for your new Regina man? Can't find Regina man. 71 goals and 72 assists. That's in 57 games last year. That'll get you. 143 points will get you on the cover of Hockey News. You don't have to be traded or dropped like that lard-ass Barkley Donaldson. Too bad, Donaldson. Barkley, I think Reg Dunlop called him. Minnesota dropped you. I've never been to Regina. I've, you know, just think about it. I'm told that even in the winter, it can be very warm in Regina, but I, I just, I don't know. That's a part of the Canada. I've just not discovered, especially these last couple of years. But if Connor Bedard is everything, the people in Canada, especially those who watched him play for the Regina rats say he is the turnaround could be rather rapid for the Blackhawks. And like I said, when that happens, let me know. It is not the first time in franchise history the Hawks have been in Regina for a uh, draft pick. Can you tell me who the other high-round picks of the Hawks were who played for the Regina Rats? One of them was in 92. That was the year after they lost to the Penguins in the Cup Final. Jeff Shantz is your man. And I think Harry Tynowitz somewhere on AM 1000 sang the parody. All we are saying is give Jeff a chance to uh, the John Lennon song. And also in 1997, the Hawks were back in Regina as uh, so often people have the want and they selected Kyle Calder. That's in 97 defenseman. If I remember right, Shancy was a forward Shancy and Caldy. 92 and 97, the Hawks went to Regina for help with their franchise. Uh, there is a guy who's was the first player chosen who I just wonder was thinking about Dennis Savard today, and he was picked third overall in the 1980 draft. Do you know who was picked two slots ahead of him? This is what scares me about, about draft picks. Doug Wickenheiser. You remember the name if you're an older Blackhawks fan, but he's not a guy who says, oh, yeah, he was the first player in the draft. They picked him two slots ahead of Dennis Savard. Hopefully, Connor Bedard is not Doug Wickenheiser. On Thursday's podcast, I am going to empty the mailbag almost exclusively. That's going to be the the podcast on Thursday. What I'm looking for, you can get to me on Twitter at Danny Mac Show. You can get to me on Facebook quite easily, and I will post questions. In By the time you listen to this, I will have questions up, inviting you on my Facebook and Twitter accounts to comment on the podcast or to ask any questions. I've been teasing this for a couple of weeks, and there are a few reasons why I haven't done it. I, I don't really want to answer questions about Darnell Mooney when I empty the mailbag. If you have a question or a comment about something that's been said on the podcast or something that has happened that is interesting to a lot of people, those are kind of the questions I'm looking for. And I hate to be such such a taskmaster 
when I'm uh, when I'm asking for your input. I do appreciate your input, but if you want things done differently on the podcast, if you want more guests, if you want no guests, let me know at Danny Mac Show on Twitter or on Facebook. I want to thank you for listening to this Tuesday show. We had what we thought was going to be some breaking news yesterday, actually not shake out. So that's why the podcast was not on yesterday. I apologize for the delay, and I did a terrible job because I did no job of of updating you listeners on Twitter or on Facebook about the podcast delay. But happy to have Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera on the show today. We are produced by Sam Michael, the very proud Highland Trojan, and these days lately the voice of Valpo U Baseball. And Adam Delavitt, my guy, Baby Capone, is the man at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. Back with the mailbag on Thursday on the Danny Mac Bet Rivers Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.